0: Welcome to the Expert Ownership Podcast, where we launch faith-filled entrepreneurs into greater freedom and success. But you know what? It's more than that. We want to help you thrive in the midst of today's cancel culture. Our goal is to raise up workplace warriors who will stand for what they believe in, whatever the cost. You can find out more by visiting expertownership.com. But without further ado, here we go. Well, hello, everybody, and uh, welcome to the Expert Ownership Podcast. I'm Eric Beck, and excited to be sitting in uh, for this session, um, and really, really fired up about what we're going to talk about today. Um, if you guys don't know me, um, uh, I was the director of training at EMyth Worldwide many years ago, and have since uh, built a growing and thriving coaching practice, working with entrepreneurs and small business owners uh, from all over the world, um, and uh, really, really helping them get one main thing, which is alignment. Is the business aligned with where you really want to go and with what your calling is? And i um, super excited uh, to have connected with David and Jason who've just been such unbelievably uh, awesome human beings. Um, and if you're here, you know that. Um, but let's let, you know, I love this phrase, don't follow uh, the master, follow what the master followed. D- David and Jason are masters, they really are. Um, but they would encourage you to, don't follow them. Follow what they're following. Their results, their success is the pursuit of a path. And if our businesses are not in alignment with that path, uh, then we can't expect those kind of results. So um, you know, don't try to be them, try to be you. Uh and uh, and I just want to just share personally in that way how much encouragement uh they've given me uh along this journey. So it really is uh just an honor to be here. Uh, in their stead for a few minutes. And so today what we're going to talk about is a concept that I just absolutely love. And I'm going to phrase it this way. What is the difference between trying and training? I feel like a lot of times uh, we are talked into this idea of try, of try hard, you know, of, of trying. And, I, and I'll say even in the in the in the church world, you know, uh, there's a lot of trying. You know, we go to church on Sunday, uh, maybe for an hour in the morning or or in the evening or on Wednesday or whatever. And it's kind of like we're trying. But what we're not doing uh, is training. And what is the difference between sincerely trying? I'm really going to try to do this versus training. Well, I'll give an example from my life. Um, if if you guys don't know me, for those who don't, um, I love to do these Spartan races. And I did a Spartan race this past weekend in Utah, It was a trifecta weekend, and what that means is that uh, you do all three Spartan races in one weekend, the 5K, the 10K, and the 21K, or thereabouts, um, usually on out-of-season ski slopes. (laughs) So uh, if you've ever been to Snow Basin and you know the run, that's called Strawberry. Uh, man, going up that thing in summer heat was no joke. (laughs) Um, And so I love these things. I love the ultra marathons. I love this stuff. Not because I'm winning. I'm not even in the top half. It's not about that. It's because it feeds something in me that I think is is really crucial. Now, I think especially for the men, every man needs to be going off to war. Um, When men are domesticated and they become just cattle, Maybe just cash cows, just the, you know, bringing home the bacon, so to speak. That's obviously very important and we need to provide. And that's a big part of who we are. But the other part is the protector part. And if we don't ever get out and sharpen our skills, if we don't ever, quote, go to war, um, then that side of us really starts to die and we lose the essence of what God has made us to be. And what happens then is we're out of alignment with our own calling, literally. From a biological standpoint so what can happen in a culture when men stop being men and we we stop having that leadership edge that we're supposed to have in other words that aspect of us that is the noble warrior when that starts to die off because the culture condemns it or because you think you're not you know strong enough you're not william wallace or you don't you know do the murph challenge every year or whatever your story is about how you're not qualified, I just want to say, first of all, that's all just lies from the enemy. That's absolute lies. But there is something that it is pointing to that I want to draw our attention to today as entrepreneurs, as leaders, and in particular for those of you who I think is the majority of our listeners for this podcast, who are men. Um, And it is this idea of try versus train. So there's a, a movie scene I feel like illustrates this pretty well and I'll come back to the Spartan race example in a second but in the movie Zorro and I don't know which one it is I know there's several of them it's the one with Anthony Hopkins and Antonio Banderas I'm, well, I'm not ruining his name um and uh and, and there's this you know whole situation going on right and and ultimately what's happening is they're they're looking at it from the standpoint of of dramatizing the story so the 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 uh older now zorro is 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 retiring and he's 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 walking through this cantina area and there is a, a a young man uh who is is clearly drunk very upset you know from earlier in the movie that when the young man was a boy uh zorro actually saved him and his brother's life Later on, the, the bad guy, the nemesis character um, actually winds up killing the other brother. So he has this lifelong, you know, vengeance and, you know, this whole thing going on. And And he's in the bar and he's drunk and his life has just become, you know, kind of like the prodigal son. Um, and he sees the bad guy uh, who killed his brother and he is enraged and, and he is about to draw his sword and, And move quickly across the room to to confront this uh, this soldier who had killed his brother. But the old Zorro um, trips him, (laughs) sticks his foot out at the last second, makes the guy fall on his face um, and then uh, uh, averts the fight. Uh, So then the soldier is gone and the moment of revenge can't happen and zorro says or well he he becomes zorro in the you know spoiler alert he becomes zorro in the movie um but the the younger man says to to the older man to to zorro um don't you understand i would have killed him and uh and he says something so profound to him in, in that wise older sage voice he says he says no my friend um you seem trained to drink he's been trained as a soldier from his youth you would have fought very bravely and died very quickly. That is the difference between trying and training. Now, do we respect this drunkard's good intentions to exact justice upon his brother's killer, hypothetically? Um, Of course we do. Of course. Uh, There's a murderer has gone unpunished in an unjust system. And in in the context of this movie, everyone realizes that that would have been justice, right? Um, What's the problem? The problem is that the trying, the heart for trying is not enough. Uh, It does matter that we try. It it does. it, It really does. But it's not enough to try. Because if we are not trained, we will fight very bravely and die very quickly. The Spartan races, as some of you guys know, are based on this idea of the Spartan 300 uh, the 300 elite Spartan warriors called peers who fought in the pass at Thermopylae to hold off approximately a million person um, Persian army, um, knowing that if the Persians were not, you know, instantly successful, their, you know, uh, idiotic and ego-driven leader would throw everything they had at it to, to win at this one battle. And because of the uh, bravery and the skill and the training of the Spartans, but also because of the terrain they selected, um, that it would create a bottleneck, uh, and you would really only have a three hundred on one thousand fight at any one time. Um, if you haven't read the book "Gates, Gates of Fire" by Stephen Pressfeld, um, I highly recommend it. Uh, if if you are um, want a language warning, I am giving it to you. <laughs> it is certainly not PG. Uh, but it is an exquisitely well-told story. Uh, again, it's historical fiction, and I don't know how much we actually know that this battle happened. Um, it probably did happen. Is it really 300 versus a million? Probably not. It was probably closer to about 30,000 versus about 500,000, but still, it's you know incredible odds, and, and, and all of that would be true. The most important thing, To me about that is that it doesn't matter how much you care about the cause that you believe in, because if you have not trained, you will just fight bravely and die quickly. And I think that's what's happening in culture a lot. Um, And I feel like as a as a as a leadership concept, that's what everyone is looking to us as leaders for is not let's beat our chests and get hyped up. It's not let's, you know, rally the battle cry. And frankly, let's go to a cheerleading session every weekend to to sing songs about how we're going to be victorious and we're going to march on the walls of Jericho, we're going to fall down and, and all that. That's great. And there's, there's a place for that. But I wonder if the ratio is not quite right. I wonder if you look at the Navy SEALs, for example, or Delta Force guys, um, and you ask them, how long do you train for deployment? you're gonna be in a two month deployment. How long are you gonna train for that? Uh, I guarantee you, it's not two months. It's a multiple of two months. The training far extends uh, longer than the deployment. Uh, when I was back in the music world and touring around the country and playing in the top venues that people wait their whole lives to get into, and, and most don't, I was so fortunate to be in some of those places like the Lincoln Center in New York City. Um, You know, I I remembered hearing uh, a ratio that we adhered to and and I eventually learned was critical and it was an hour per minute. We need an hour of rehearsal for every minute of performance. So a two hour performance is a tremendous amount of rehearsing. Right. It's never the opposite. It's never smaller rehearsing, more performing. It's never smaller training, more deployment, right? But for some reason, our spiritual IQ has just gone so low, and we've tried to so over-spiritualize things that we forget that that, that we need skills. <laughs> we don't need to just try. Uh, showing up for two hours to try is not going to get it done. And like I Have often said, you guys have probably heard me say this before. um, If what we were doing was going to work, it would have already worked. The society and the culture we have is a precise result of every decision that's led up to today. Now, I want you to just let that sink in for a second, because you can apply that in the macro and in the micro. Let's start off with the micro. Look in the mirror. Okay, tomorrow morning or this morning, or whenever you're hearing this, next available time, get some privacy, go to the bathroom at your home or wherever, and take off some of those clothes. Look in the mirror. Everything you see in that mirror is the result of every decision you've made up to today. It absolutely is. It absolutely scars. overweight, underweight, muscles, no muscles, this, that. It is. Now, I'm not talking about gray hair. I'm not talking about aging. I don't mean that kind of stuff. And I don't mean boy or girl, right? I mean, if you look at the incremental decisions that you make, you will see that reflected in every area of your life. I'm just using one example right now, just your fitness. Okay. Um, to me, it's so important that we recognize that the decisions that preceded today are what created today. Yes, I know. God is powerful, and he can intervene, and he can do this, and he can do that, and I get all that, okay? But I want to ask you, how often do you think that's happening? You know, you could test this out, and I'm saying this hypothetically, so don't actually do this. (laughs) Do you think if you pick up a five-pound dumbbell and drop it on your foot that he'll magically stop it? Do you think that'll happen? How many times in a row, (laughs) please don't do this, right? You could just drop it on the floor and just imagine if your foot had been underneath it. How many times do you think you could drop it before the God of the universe would intervene and change physical law to make it not land on the floor? You think you could walk out in front of a bus and just shazam, the, the angels would just stop the bus? I'm not talking about what's possible. I'm talking about what's probable, and I'm getting to something here. You see, if we over-spiritualize everything, and we think, well, God will do it, well, God will do it, well, God will do it, God will do it, we are sorely missing the point, because apparently, if you read Scripture, it says that our job is to disciple nations. That's what Jesus said in the Great Commission. So, if you think of that as a military term, receiving your commission means receiving your assignment to your post and your general and your specific orders. Okay, this is what you must do. You have to do this. This is what Jesus is saying. You have to disciple the nations and teach them everything to obey everything that I've taught you. um, And I'm with you. Okay. Now, what he didn't say is, I want you to try hard for two hours a week and wait for me to do it. Somehow that's what we thought, or somehow we thought we just need to get more people to come to the meeting where we try hard for two hours. That's what it means. But when we do that, well, what happens is the rest of culture falls apart and it is falling apart. Now you can rail against the group of your choice that you most dislike and think that their you know attitude is the worst and all that kind of good stuff. Yeah. Hey, there's something for a call on a spade of spade for sure, for sure. But I would encourage you to take all that energy that's railing at the crack in the floor where the dumbbell hit and stop the dumbbell from hitting. Instead of raging and and pontificating and echo chambering and all that other craziness out there that, that, that the media and social media and all that stuff really wants us to do, because it sells advertising, let's just be very clear what the business model is. They don't care what you believe. They don't care what the r- right believes or the left or the center or the upside down or the alphabet suit. They don't care. They don't care. They care about one thing, money. And the more raging that makes other people look and makes those people rage, that makes more people look and those people rage, the more advertising they're selling. So let's just don't play the game. We don't need to rage. What we really need to do is make a change. And that's really the point, really, of what I'm trying to share today. It's not going to happen by by trying harder. It's going to happen by training. So you could ask yourself this question, how much am I trying versus how much am I training? Or how much am I practicing versus how much am I performing? Okay, when we're in school and in junior high and high school, kind of can't wait to get out into the world. Feels like, man, all I'm doing is practicing. I'm just practice, practice, practice. So you guys are athletes like David and Jason, you know, tons of practice, tons, of, way more practice than game play. way more. But all of a sudden, we turn 18 or we get 21 or whatever age you are, and, and all of a sudden, there's no more practice. There's just living. We're not really practicing. We're not really training. We're not really, frankly, growing. We're getting older and we may be getting a little bit more seasoned and experienced, but but systematic training, not so much. So this worldview of, hey, all that matters is that you try hard is a lie. Okay. It is absolutely incomplete. So I want to ask you that question. When you look at your business, are you just trying harder? Is that what's happening? are you taking strategic time to train i do want to invite you guys we're doing a a one day workshop actually a series of these uh in nashville and would love you guys uh, to come if you're in the area or if it's an easy drive, or if you happen to go to be there for business or whatever. Uh, the first one's on August 15th. There's information at the Founders Fire website on it. If you just go to foundersfire.com, and in the top menu, you click on live events and hit workshops. You'll see them there. Um, we are taking an entire day to train, to train you to think very differently about the systems in your business. Okay. It is one thing to know about the concept of systemization. <laughs> okay. That is very different than systemizing. If you haven't picked up uh, the book Expert Ownership, which all of you should have by now, do it today. Go get it and dig into the 3S model. <laughs> you, It matters that you have your mind renewed and get that good framework in there. In this workshop, we're going to implement it. We're going to go through all 12 areas of the business, and we're going to begin the process of implementing systemization in every area. We're going to teach you how to do it. You're going to do it with about 100 other people. Um, It's going to be an amazing time. So just, uh, is there an opportunity to train, Eric? Yes, there's an opportunity to train. Coming up August 15th. So hope to see you guys there. The point of it is, though, in the big picture, if all we're doing is trying, not training, then things aren't going to change. So. How do we begin training? I recommend to set aside a half an hour a day to work on it, not in it. I'm looking across my office at the signed copy I have of E-Myth Revisited from way back in the day. And I love that phrase that Michael Gerber came up with. Uh, So happy to give him credit for that. Are you working in the business? Are you working on the business? Are you living in your life? Are you working on your life? Are you, are you are you floating through the culture or are you changing culture? This is the same question. Are you trying? Are you training? I know everyone that's got a good heart, that's got a righteous heart is trying. I know that that's true. So I don't want to say it doesn't matter that you're trying. It does matter because if you didn't have a good heart, you wouldn't be trying. So it matters. It matters. Okay. But is it enough? No, it is not enough. Could you imagine just hoping that the fireman who's coming to your house in the middle of the night to save you from the inferno has tried to use an axe before to knock down a door? Or would you prefer the fireman who is trained, who who learned from hundreds of other firefighters throughout the years, if you've got to take a door off its hinges in just a very few seconds, This is exactly how you do it. Now, we're going to do it not until it's easy. What is is that phrase? I love that training phrase. You don't practice until it's easy to do it. You practice until it's impossible not to do it. Do you want that person coming to save you or the person who's tried? You want the trained person. Of course you do. That's what we want to encourage you guys to, to be, to take that level of expert ownership in your life to say, I need to take ownership of my training program. Now, Owner Suite uh, is, is a wonderful place to begin your training journey. It's going to give you the foundation. it's going to give you the motivation. it's it's just so well done. I just I'm just continually blown away by the quality uh, that's in uh, in owner Suite. These are the courses and the materials and whatnot, the webinars uh, that David and Jason have really, really worked hard to distill down the wisdom that they've learned from not trying, but training. Uh, again, that's that's a question you got to ask. Am I training? It, my recommendation, take a half hour a day and start training. W- what, what should I do in that half hour? Well, if you're an owner suite, don't just attend the meetings or you know look at a book or read a thing. Put it into practice. This week, the theme is what? Clarifying my vision. So a half an hour every day is going to be on clarifying my vision. The next week, my my focus is going to be on how do I share that with my team? The next week is going to be, can I take that and turn it into some tangible goals and KPIs. Now, in a sense, I'm describing for you the founders fire master coaching program because that's exactly what it is. It's not a lot of, hey, here's a brand new idea. Y- you don't need new ideas. I'll just, I'll just tell you, you, you don't need new ideas. It's entertaining. I get it, but it is not going to change anything by getting entertained. It's gonna what we're gonna see things change when people are trained. Gideon style, right? We are an elite, small unit who is ready to get things going. Now that's not going to happen by beating our chest and being all bravado and blah blah blah. What do they say? Um all <laughs> there's a funny little phrase about that something like uh all hat and no horse. <laughs> I love that phrase. Whatever one rings your bell on this one I'm trying to ring your bell, okay? I love that Stetson, man. I do. But I want to see you get up on that black stallion and get it done. And I know you do, too. I know that's what David and Jason want. That's what we all want. All kingdom-hearted people want to see change. And I just want to encourage you, if you're doing a lot of trying, maybe you feel frustrated by it. Maybe you feel even depressed. You're like, oh, how has the world come to this? Well, good news, bad news. Good news is God saw it coming. He's not surprised. Bad news is we kind of let it happen. And maybe... Mixed news is if it's going to change, it's got to be you. It's got to be you. It's got to be you. You have to begin the process, and that starts with training. Don't just run out on the battlefield and get shot, and then you're done. That's it. You're done. No, we we got to be smart. Okay, we have to apply wisdom. We have to apply it daily, and it starts in our own life and our own thought life. It starts in our own daily habits. So Maybe the ring bell for you is to get up in the morning and stand in front of that mirror with not much clothes on and go, huh, this is the result of all my decisions before today. Maybe it's to look at your P&L and say, huh, this is the result of all my decisions that have led up to this day, or your team, or your family, or whatever your your hand finds to work with. You say to yourself, hey, it's my responsibility. Uh, I love the, I think of it as a parallel book to David and Jason's book, the book by um, uh, Leif Babin and Jocko Willink, Extreme Ownership. So we got expert ownership, we got extreme ownership. And and I love that that ethic that they teach. If it's your team and, you're, and, it, and the team is not performing, it's on you. It's always our responsibility. We're the person in leadership. Maybe you should have fired that person. Maybe you should have trained them better. Maybe you should have hired them differently or not hired them. Maybe you should have systemized, but it's not their fault, okay? And I understand, obviously, people are responsible for their behavior, but do you hear what I'm saying? If we always go down the road of where's someone else to blame, we're effectively passing the buck. And what I want to get us doing is training. So instead of trying, train. Find somewhere, some resource. Join us in Nashville if you want to on August 15th. Um, find a place to get your training program going because that's what's going to make a difference, not only in your life and your business and your family, but in the community. And it will ripple out from there in the marketplace, in your market. You could revolutionize your market and people think of that service or that product totally differently because of what you did. Remember, it is up to us and now is the time and you are the one. We'll talk to you guys next time. See ya. I've been really really feeling it. Got a button move, wash out, let me get it. If you really, really feeling it, put it in your left hand, right hand, throw it up in.